This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with the other person who lives here and is the other person on this podcast. It's Sarah Scrimshaw. Hello. Hello. It's been two weeks since we recorded because we got real busy last week. And uh, in our prime recording time, you were recovering from your second uh, vaccine shot yeah. uh, on that day. Uh, so it's been two weeks since I've asked you, how are you? You know what? As we started recording, I was like, oh, right. It's the how are you question. I forgot <laughs> again. Uh, you know what? Well, within the, uh, the scope of the world, which depending on which viewfinder you're looking through, some parts are looking better. Some parts are looking bad. There's a lot of viewfinders right now. Um, but I had a relatively good day and am focusing on some positive things right now. And so that's a nice thing. And yeah. That is that is great. <laughs> that is very, very honest. I like the image of a, like just thousands of viewfinders lined up and you were just checking them all. Right. Which is good. But I think your answer fits with what I think is one of the the primary ideas of the show we're going to discuss is an acknowledgement of uh, trauma and challenge, but a hopeful optimism to try to make a difference. Yeah, <laughs> I think that kind of sums up my where I'm at right now. Excellent. Uh, so we are going to discuss this week uh, the television show The Falcon and The Winter Soldier which I'm saying that way for you because you pointed out to me that there's a real emphasis on thes. There is. Well, I think because I really, because the first week or two, I was like, oh, let's watch Falcon and Winter Soldier. And then, oh, wait, no, it's the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So then I just had to say it that way. Yeah, the it's Falcon. it's such a fun, weird tradition with superheroes. Some are very, very clear. And other times it is, it goes back and forth. Like Superman is almost always Superman. He is very rarely, if ever, the Superman. Mm-hmm. But like Batman, when I was reading the comics back in the day, like if Commissioner Gordon or or Robin or Alfred were talking to him, well, if Alfred did, he'd say Master Wayne or Bruce. Uh, but if Commissioner Gordon's talking to Batman, he's like, Batman, do you have a clue on this? But if Batman breaks through a skylight in an abandoned warehouse, uh, the criminals will say, it's the Batman. Wow, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, but nobody ever casually says like, oh, yeah, uh, Superman, uh, what are you doing? Like, well, I'm going to go have a conversation with the Batman. It's yeah. only the Batman is said as sort of like an idea, a concept. And then Batman is the actual individual human you're speaking to. Like you actually have to have a level of familiarity with Batman to call <laughs> him Batman rather than the Batman. Exactly. I think, yeah, Batman would say, to, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, Superman I've known for quite some time, so he can call me Batman. Right. Uh, but if I've just met you, Green Arrow, that will be the Batman. That's right. If we're speaking French, you do not have permission to tutoyer me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the risk of immediately digging too deep uh, for meaning, uh, I, I, there is a little power to that. Because I think, colloquially, I've heard plenty of people say, yeah, Falcon, you know, Winter Soldier. Uh, but there is something in the fact that this show is really dealing with identity. Mm. and uh, titles and, and what makes you who you are and who can adopt what mantle and what man, what does the mantle mean in and of itself, mm-hmm. that there is something a little bit more. They're saying it, it the same way those like criminals are saying it to Batman when he breaks through the skylight in a warehouse. He's a concept. He's their worst fear. He's the Batman. He's an idea. Yeah. You know, and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier does make them sound more like ideas. 
Yeah, well, and especially because that's kind of how we first heard about the Winter Soldier, you know. Right. You hear about this person, and it's not like they, the, you know, as things got got better for Bucky, uh, that the others called him Winter Soldier. Right. <laughs> you know, they called him Bucky or <laughs> whatever other names they used or that James we didn't get Buchanan to hear. James Barnes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so I hadn't thought about that, but it, what, but it is that sense of, ooh, the Winter Soldier. Yeah, and to add the Falcon to the that Falcon. gives it this extra weight. Yeah, yeah. plus there's this, the whole conversation of, is it Falcon? Some people call him Black Falcon, and he's like, it's Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. I'm jumping so far ahead. Uh, yes, and that is a great transition to the next thing we must say, which is Awuga Awuga spoilers. This is an absolutely spoiler-filled discussion. So if you've only watched the first couple episodes or you're thinking, ah, I... I'm curious. I want to check it out. We're going to spoil the hell out of it. Uh, full conversation. Yes. We also love caveats here at Obsessed. We do. And I have at least one caveat that I think goes for both of us, but you feel free to jump in with other caveats. Yeah. Uh, the first caveat I want to throw out, because we're, we're going to dive in and we're going to talk about the the fun things and the, the comedy and the action and characters we like. But we're going to also spend a, a bunch of time just talking about, like, what are the big ideas? What is this show about? Uh, so I want to caveat that I think one of the sh- things this show is about is what it is to be black in America, which I am not. And I want to really own that up front mm-hmm. uh, at the top that I really, really want to listen and learn. Um, but I really recognize as I'm sharing my opinions that there is emotion and nuance that I can see on the screen and I can interpret, but I know I haven't experienced it and I know other people are going to understand it in ways that I simply can't. Yeah. Yeah. I, that is also true for me. <laughs> fair enough. Do you have any other caveats? Oh, I'm sure I will, but I don't right now. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so let's then dive into discussing this. Um, just uh, from from the beginning, let's go to before the beginning. What were your desires or expectations going into this show? How did you feel uh, about the characters of Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes? Yeah, so I this is very interesting to me to think about because when it was announced that this was going to be one of the shows, I was very excited because I really like both The Falcon and The Winter Soldier. <laughs> um, they are, if, if people have listened to me talk in particular about The Avengers before, but many things, I have a hard time with favorites because I have too many favorites, but they're still two of my favorites. Um, Absolutely. And so I was very excited to see what that show would be. So originally I was like, yes, super excited. And then uh, we had the wonderful experience, in my opinion, of WandaVision. And then I became a little bit more uh, tentative about what I expected this show to be. And a little worried that maybe my expectations had been set too high by WandaVision and it wouldn't live up to them. So was it about, I know you just said height, so just like pure quality. But was it for you also that WandaVision was out of left field? That it was, you know, this superhero story framed as a television, an episodic television show, a television show about television. Was there any element for you of like, yeah, and then Falcon and Bucky are going to hit things. I mean, that's exactly what it is. And, you know, if I had stopped to think about it, um, you know, it's not like the MCU has been giving us anything that is, uh, you know, 
oh, just real basic punch them up thing <laughs> with, you know, and that's that's not actually a concern. But I think I so enjoyed the entire journey of WandaVision mm-hmm. that I that I just felt like maybe I knew too much of where this was going. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't know why I thought that. <laughs> um, and that because of that, I would not enjoy it as much. And I was very happy to be proven wrong. Yeah. I think there was something in the trailers that compared to like uh, when, when they put out a bunch of the trailers in, in close proximity, WandaVision being like, oh, wow, this is really bonkers. This is really different. And then upcoming Loki thing is doesn't look as bonkers, but really putting him in an incredibly different scenario, putting him is some sort of weird kind of agent of this strange you know it, it's it doesn't look like oh yeah that's loki doing his loki things mm-hmm. it's loki in a totally new context and then the trailers that we saw for uh the falcon and the winter soldier a lot of the shots were like oh that looks like great mcu adventure that looks like great wrestling with you know uh the shield and the ideas that we've seen in other captain america movies so i think mm-hmm. there was a concern of like it's going to be really good but it's going to feel familiar yeah and i was so so happy to see that it was taking a lot of the ideas that are, are present in the Captain America part of the MCU and adding great depth and and new and different ideas and, and approaching all that in, in a different and challenging way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think for myself, I was really excited because I do so love the Captain America side of MCU, part of MCU. And part of that is just loving the character of, of Captain America and thinking, you know, uh, Chris Evans does an amazing job portraying Steve Rogers, but I also just really like that the storytelling in the Captain America trilogy is it's about a steadfast character. Mm-hmm. It's about a character who starts good and his challenges are to not uh, stop being good. <laughs> he right. starts he starts strong in, in the challenge set up in the very first movie is don't let this serum change you. We're picking you because you're a good person. Mm-hmm. You don't change. But when you encounter all these flawed institutions, change them. It's a really different twist because so many superhero stories are about the bad guy. The stasis is pretty good and the bad guy's trying to change something. So the hero's got to stop it. (laughs) (laughs) And it's often a violent thing that they're trying to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I, I really liked not just the character of Captain America, but that storytelling, that questioning of institutions. Yeah, that the first one is him great. about is about Cap going against the army. The second one is about him tearing Shield <laughs> apart from the inside. The third is I am not just going to do what a government tells me to do. I'm going to find my own way. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I was really excited to play in that this world of how do you be an individual within an institution, and you know, can and should things change? And I was e- excited to see as we got into it that it took those ideas to the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, I also thought uh, that I was super excited for these characters because I like them, mm-hmm. but I think functionally in the MCU, for the most part, they're supporting Steve Rogers journey. Mm-hmm. I mean, we get moments, we learn about them, but you know, we haven't got to see them in, in the spotlight until now. And one of the spotlight moments that they had is that great uh, fight with Spidey in civil war where, Falcon and Winter Soldier had those great bickering moments mm-hmm. as they work together, you know, and everybody talks about the great car scene of, will you move your seat up? No. Um, so I was really excited to see that sort of buddy 
dynamic, that buddies who get on each other's nerves. Oh, totally. Dynamic. So I was really happy and excited for that. And then the, the final big thought ahead of time that I wanted to share is <laughs> when it was announced, I was like, that's great. I'm so excited. This is the number one MCU show I'm excited for because it's dealing with, you know, Sam taking the, the shield and becoming Captain America. It's like, why is it called the Falcon and the Winter Soldier? It should be Captain America and Bucky because he's got the shield. He's going to be Captain America. And Bucky doesn't want to be the Winter Soldier. That's not a name or an identity he chose. So it should be Captain America and Bucky. And that'd be a fun twist. Uh, so I thought that going in. And then I was so, so delighted to, to realize, like, no, we're not skipping that step. <laughs> we're The show is, in fact, getting to the name change. Yeah. Uh, it, and I'm delighted that it was Captain America and the Winter Soldier because it put the focus on, you know, Bucky is in the show and he goes through a metamorphosis. But this is Sam's show. Yes. This is about Sam Wilson becoming Captain America. So I was so delighted at the end when there was the reveal of the the title change that it's not the Falcon and the Winter Soldier anymore. It's Captain America and the Winter Soldier. And there's that tiny part of me is like, uh, but it could be Bucky. But then I was like, no, it's great that it's not Bucky. Yeah. Yeah. It was really fun. And this, and just with, um, you know, I enjoy things that watching you get excited about things. And you had shared these opinions with me early on about uh, <laughs> wanting it to be Captain America and Bucky. And so watching that um, that transition of, oh, no, this is what the show is about, and then getting to that moment of the new title being on the screen was was really satisfying. Yeah, because I'd even predicted that it was going to be Captain America and Bucky by the end. Mm-hmm. And I'm really happy to have been half right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and the creators be 100% right. I love the title change, too. Captain America and the Winter Soldier. So let's talk about the the show itself. What is your overall reaction? Uh, did you love it? And if so... Why? <laughs> <laughs> Fill out this form. Right. Uh, did I love it? I will check the yes button. Uh, <laughs> button? Box. Yes. No, I, I absolutely loved it. I, you know, I, I, I said I was apprehensive, but, you know, that was still within being very excited for what it was. Right. And um, that went away as soon as it started. I was like, oh, right. I adore these characters. This is a fascinating story. I'm all in from, like... 10 seconds in. Yeah. Um, and my biggest complaint was I wanted each episode to be longer. <laughs> it was very annoying <laughs> that they just stopped. That they ended. Yeah. I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, I absolutely loved it. And I, some of the some of the things that I loved about it. Yeah. We'll get to more, I'm sure. Um, you touched on it a little bit already. Just the journey of, of both of them. Um, 100% Sam's journey is front and center. And... I have found Sam Wilson from the, you know, again, uh, my familiarity is primarily from the MCU movies and things, Mm -hmm. but um, I just found his story to be very intriguing and very interesting and uh, have enjoyed Anthony Mackie's performance. And so I was really excited to get to see more of who is Sam without Cap. Yeah. And so I love throughout the entire... um, series watching his getting to see more about his family you know kind of his approach to solving problems whether they're small problems or large problems um and so i loved that absolutely love sebastian span stan's performance as bucky um which i know we will talk more about <laughs> uh because i watched it with you but and just you know watching the 
the breakthroughs, everything from really interesting ideas about what is the world now after the undoing of the snap and what are those realities and how what happened during that time and how are people reacting now and you know when people suddenly come back who weren't there and other people had built new lives and it both focuses on that and also doesn't make that the the center of the um the story mm-hmm. which to me is a beautiful way to start pulling the threads from that story but also this is not the only way that we're going to get that story i think we're going to keep getting you know um parts of that story coming out in the next few things as well um, yeah. we know we got some of that from wandavision also so and a little I, bit from the spidey movie Yes, yes, absolutely. Thank you. Um, so I absolutely thought that was just a really intriguing, uh, I mean, I was going to say set up, but of course that's where it has to be set up. But just the idea of like, that's who the quote big bad is, you know, for this with um, Carly. Is the world trying to figure out who they want to be? Well, actually, well, yeah, I mean, oh, I think that yeah, is, sorry. is the world trying to figure out who they want to be is ultimately we discover is what's the big bad. But it, the setup is there's these super soldiers, yeah, that are, you know, in fighting with the governments about what the new world should be. And so I just, you know, all of that, I'm kind of both going into de- details and into circles here. But I, um, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I, I just I really appreciated a lot of the themes that were involved. I appreciated it on a macro level. I appreciated so many of the micro details that just like I can think about them and they make me smile. Yeah. And gosh darn we all need things that you're just like driving along and like <laughs> traffic's back oh nice little thought from the falcon and the winter soldier Smile. <laughs> yeah no i totally agree with you we'll get into this as we talk about themes but i love superheroes that represent a way of looking at the world like uh like they deal with a little bit of the blip in in spider-man far from home but it's very much from the perspective of of a kid who's going back to high school yeah. And, you know, and it's kind of a almost a high school perspective of it. You know, we get a little bit more with the villains and all that. But the sort of Captain America side of the story is always how do you be an individual within institutions, within nations? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's called Captain America. He's a symbol of a nation. So it's, it was so great that first episode of like, on one hand, we get to go so deep on the individuals and we get to see just normal human lives, right? We get to see the Falcon's family and how they are affected by the blip and trying to get a loan. And it's so individual and personal in a way that superhero storytelling doesn't have room to be in movies, Mm -hmm. but everything is also totally affected by, by the macro, by the institutional, by the national Mm -hmm. is the global even. Yeah. So definitely. Uh, Yeah. For me, a couple of things just were like big picture, MCU, I, I think, has always been really, really good at mixing lots of tones mm. in a way that often uh, Hollywood can be a little gun shy of. You know, you you hear that a lot with scripts of like, well, th- this is a really great drama, but you can't have that fight in it because it's a drama. You know, <laughs> or, you know, this comedy is great, but uh, it seems like you want me to care about this character right now. Why would you do that in a comedy? And one of the strengths of MCU has always been the action's fun. There is comedy. The characters are real. The stakes are high. You know, it's it's just really, it is a lot of things at once. And I mm-hmm. feel like um, definitely WandaVision did that. But this was even this different feel for me that was really special in that um, there are incredibly deep and important themes that are not sort of like esoteric 
philosophical discussions of what humans should be, they're immediate realities that affect us real people in the real world. So deep, important, you know, possibly sensitive themes mm-hmm. uh, mixed with a bunch of like movie level great action. And then also at the same time being just jaw droppingly character driven funny. Mm-hmm. And that is, it is not easy to do at the level that they were doing it where they're in one scene. You could be talking about the deepest, most horrifying dark truths of America and then also just get some great funny banter between these these two guys have this weird connection who are trying to find each other, you know? Yeah, yeah that's such a great point. And the comedy to me is so strong. Oh, yeah. And so, so real. I f- it feels like you are watching real people. Yeah, And exactly. real people have ups, they have downs. They're crying one minute and laughing the next, and that's real. And yeah. this feels like it really tapped into that reality. Yeah, and I think that was a big part of it, too, of like always enjoying Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan's performance. And they do a great job and have fun and flavorful and a variety of moments in the movies. But being able to just spend so much time with them and get to the depth of emotion, uh, the beginning of that, well, actually, the end of the first episode in the beginning of the second, mm-hmm. when the we at the end of the first episode, we see... Sam's reaction to he thought he was giving the shield to the government to put in a museum and without telling him they gave it to this other guy mm-hmm. and the powerhouse acting reaction from him of I'm surprised but also not even remotely surprised of of course this was going to happen and then in the beginning of the second episode when you don't quite understand exactly why that look on Sebastian Stan's face when he is in his sad, empty apartment because <laughs> he has no life or no idea how to live a life mm-hmm. watching the shield being given to John Walker and that mixture of just anger and like deep down child pain. Yeah. Like uh, child pain is a weird turn of phrase, but you know what I mean? It's like it's so raw. Oh, yeah. It's so just to the I think the way I think like there's something about it like a child who lost their teddy bear yeah that like he's clearly angry but he's also just like no how can this be you know yeah absolutely yeah and they have both they both have great moments throughout that are just phenomenal agreed amazing performances so that's one of the things I liked (laughs) (laughs) amazing performances I think all the other actors uh, did an amazing job yeah a treat to see Aaron Kellyman, who I love as Enfys Nest in uh, Solo, get to get, it was great to just see uh, more of her, and I thought she was amazing. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about some of the themes, some of the big ideas. Yeah. All right. So uh, I broke down some ones that I think are there, <laughs> and then we'll discuss. Uh, one of them being legacy is what really hooked me in that first episode that it was so clear on this idea. You know, one of the very first ideas that the show digs into in that first episode is these two objects of legacy that are left to Sam Wilson. He has uh, Sam Rogers' shield and his parents' boat. And the shield represents, you know, again, that national, the macro. Mm-hmm. It's a symbol, uh, personal to Steve Rogers, but also it's this symbol of America. And then the boat represents the personal, the familial, the community there. It really represents a lot of, like, the micro. And Sam is struggling on how to move forward with both of those. 
Yeah. And it really sets him up as the character that we know him to be. And I think a kind of a steadfast character, much like Steve Rogers, of I see a problem and I just do my best. You know, in the shield, he's just like, I think this is the best way to handle it is Mm -hmm. let it let it be a part of Steve's legacy. Let it be in a museum. Mm -hmm. But the boat. Nope. We're finding a way. (laughs) We're going to find a way to keep this going. And, you know, encounters lots of different kinds of resistance. Uh, but it just it sets it up so clearly right away that idea that objects have meaning that legacy matters that you have to preserve what they were mm-hmm. but how do you bring them into the future or do you not or mm-hmm. is it time to let them go yeah it's really really powerful so does that theme resonate with you do you <laughs> do you like it <laughs> uh i've had many thoughts while i'm sitting here and listening uh to you i mean Absolutely. I, I think legacy, um, I think there's something, I don't know if it's me and my age, I don't know if it's right now with uh, COVID, but I, I I think it is a little bit more universal. There certainly feels like there is more of a conversation about legacy in the in our world. Also, as you were talking about objects, I do work in the historical field, <laughs> which mm-hmm. deals a lot with legacy and what things mean to an individual versus what things mean to a group and how meanings change over time. And um, so, yeah, I think legacy is important. <laughs> Put <laughs> I'd that be out shocked there. If you were like, eh, I mostly work at historic house museums for a good chunk of my life, but legacy, eh. What is that really? Are objects really endowed with meaning? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I just, but I, I love that I, the idea of they're both there front and center, mm-hmm. and they're they're both kind of uh, right in your face, and yet also in a way subtle. I mean, maybe the shield not as much because there's a lot of conversation about the shield and. Should Sam have done what he did from Bucky's perspective and from Pam's, from Sam's perspective and all of that? But, um, but I love how they're both they're so central to the storytelling. Yeah. Um, and also like to the point of almost you know sometimes people talk about a town being a character, right? In a film, it's almost to the point of these objects being characters within the film, right? Or within the show. And I think they set the stage so much for Sam uh, in his uh, specific journey, but also just really set the mood of the blip isn't just like a thing that happened and we have to kind of deal with it. Mm-hmm. It's like the whole world is in this point of resetting of what do things mean? Yeah. And, you know, the central discussion of, you know, do we go back to the way it was or is this an opportunity to reassess different objects legacy different ideas legacies and and the the physical manifestation of them in the world so it's great for sam's journey but it 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 so sets that mood and you can feel it right Mm -hmm. you don't even have to be like uh to say yes this was about legacy you can just feel that this is about all of the characters in the entire world being in a state of right so do we just get back to it or do we question everything which is right. a kind of powerful right now in our real world for, I would say, obvious <laughs> pandemic reasons. That's where I was going before. You said it a little bit more clearly, but that's where I was going. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I think it also gives a great perspective of objects can have a weight to them or an implication to them that 
different implications to different people. Right. You know, I love the line when Bucky says that when he and Sam, when he and Steve were talking about giving Sam the shield, that they never understood what it would mean, that they hadn't considered what it would mean to give it to a black man yeah. in America. And I just, I, I love how that's just woven throughout it of there are, I mean, it, obviously it is more than just the shield, but the shield again is a symbol um, of legacy mm-hmm. and a lot of different legacies. Yeah. All wrapped up in, you know, in that vibranium. Yeah. And and I love that the show is just concrete about it. We get to literally see and hear lots of different characters' uh, perspective mm-hmm. on the shield. And I like that that is kind of the initial central conflict between Bucky and Sam. It's like, Bucky doesn't really quite say it in this stark of terms, but like, that is the symbol of just finding your North Star and doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And that's who Steve managed to be against all odds <laughs> to the point where even Zemo has to go, okay, fine, yeah. Uh, and and that's who Steve thinks you are. And I, I agree with him. This mm-hmm. is a symbol of being a steadfast person who will fight to, to do the thing that they think is right and is fair and is good. And in no for Sam saying that this is a symbol of nobody allowing me to getting endless pushback mm-hmm. if I claim to be that person. Yeah. Is my interpretation of it, which I'm open to being uh, uh, having better interpretations. But that, you know, that yeah. beginning uh, thing for me. How do you do you like the fact that by the end, Sam resolves both of those objects of legacy and and by the end they have been given some amount of new meaning and he has kept them both neither of them have been put in a museum or stagnated they have mm. uh, taken on new meaning they still have their old legacy but they have mm-hmm. taken on new meaning and they're moving into the present and into the future both the boat and the shield yeah i i do actually i like i like the idea of starting with the shield um the shield that it's that it's not a museum piece that it's an active symbol in the way to keep it an active symbol at least for now when there's a person who is um able to carry it um to add to add more um more story i feel like the shield story is not done it's not ready to be in a museum yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I so i absolutely i really like that and the the boat is just it's so fascinating to me the the complication, the complications of that legacy and, mm-hmm. you know, the guilt that Sam feels about leaving and, you know, kind of how doing this, getting this boat restored brings him and his sister closer together, their friends and neighbors closer together, finds this community that is there and they know is there, but still, you know, brings the community together for a different sort of thing. Um, and I think that idea of of family heritage can be so complicated Mm -hmm. and especially when it's a physical item and like, you know, sometimes you need to let something go, but then also I, I feel like that is such a complicated piece of storytelling that they executed so well Yeah, that I love where it ended up partly because of how they got there. Yeah. Uh, I would say even more so than because of the ending. I like the, the journey, the journey. Yeah. 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 No, I'm I'm right there with you. I really like that the shield can kind of be interpreted as this is a big picture symbolism that mm-hmm. I am carrying with me as an individual. 
in the boat is much more of that. It's the smaller, it's family, it's community. Mm-hmm. But they both get resolved by, you know, looking at the legacy and taking the legacy and making it personal and moving it forward. Mm-hmm. I, I love that the legacy of the boat is specifically that their parents worked hard and I'm sure, you know, encountered endless opposition, uh, but built something and built community. And the fact that the boat can be saved by, you know, invoking the legacy of their parents being community builders Mm -hmm. and that they call the community out. And that's what helps, you know, the legacy's power is what helps restore the object that contains that legacy. Right. And then it can go on and it can be whatever Sam and Sarah want it to be. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then with the shield for me, like the, the defining moment that I enjoyed is Sam having that epiphany and sharing with Bucky I need to stop giving a damn what Steve wanted for this shield to have value. It needs to be what, what I want it to be. Mm, yeah. And like, I think that's so strong because it does, it sort of, it honors Steve's legacy in that he is the kind of guy who would go, Nope, I need to make a decision for myself. Mm-hmm. So I think he'd probably be the first to say, yes, that's exactly right. Forget about what I thought and you make it what you need it to be and what you think it should be. Yeah. And I think that's just such a great way uh, to approach this idea of a symbol that can be interpreted lots of different ways of Sam basically saying like, I'm not going to carry everybody else's idea of what this shield is. I'm going to decide for myself how I'm going to use it. And that's going to define what it is and what it means to me. And maybe other people will see it the way I want them to see it. But all I can do is take it and use it the way I think is best. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Do you have an object of legacy that I should be aware of? Oh, uh, no, but I really am feeling like I should. So uh, when you hear me soldering together some metal uh, over the weekend, I mean, don't be surprised. Okay, sounds good. We'll both make our shields. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I I like the idea of endowed objects. I, I have this drawing board that you know about mm-hmm. that my dad gave me when I was super young. I don't even know where he got it or if you can even get things like this. It's just, I, I think it's made out of just um, like fiberboard, mm-hmm. uh, but it's got, you know, I've been drawing on that since I was maybe four years old. Yeah. And I still, it, and it's just, it's one of those things that's been with me for so long. I don't think about it. It's just right there and like, oh, yeah, when I need to write something down on my computer, it's, it's by my desk. So I pull it out and I put the paper on and it, it's just it's just so right there. Yeah. But I but my dad did give it to me. So then it it it, are, it has legacy, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really I think, it, you know, obviously sometimes uh, it can you can over romanticize things. But I think it's really nice to think about what are the objects in our life that are that collect meaning. Yeah. And that can be reflections of us in that. We can choose to have them say, have them be, this is a little, this represents this part of the life I lived. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's such a great example. Hey, excellent. Um, All right. Let's move on to uh, another big idea. We've already talked about it a little bit, but I want to dive in a little bit more of what does it mean to be a symbol of America? I think that's played with a little (laughs) bit in the show. You know, we'll talk about that. Uh, uh, just a little bit here. So here's a little bit of a summary for me of what, the way I think that they're approaching this. This really goes to what we were talking about of everybody having a different idea of what the shield 
means. Mm -hmm. So, you know, during the blip, the world had less of a focus on borders or nations, uh, which uh, leads to the Flag Smashers' desire to keep it that way and have one world, one people. Uh, And then at the same time, we see the actual uh, American government in the show is really trying to reassert America is back via the symbolism of Captain America and the shield, right? It's mm, really a statement yeah. of not one world, one people. We're getting back to the way it was. America is a power. Here's the symbol of it, this shield. Uh, Zemo uh, argues that being a symbol of any kind is dangerous, that people idolize symbols and then follow them blindly. And that's what can lead to lots of atrocities is blindly following a symbol. He even, you know, he connects it to Ultron and Nazis. Mm-hmm. And we get that funny line where... Uh, where Bucky says the the Avengers uh, are friends, not the Nazis. Um, John Walker ends up reinforcing the absolute worst of what that shield could possibly mean is America by murdering a flag smasher on uh, foreign soil uh, with impunity. So it's it's powerful because it's so direct. Uh, This is the the worst of what America can be is just asserting power when whenever and wherever it wants, however it wants, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the the question really becomes, I think, for Sam, what will he symbolize if he takes the shield, right? Because he gets pushback from lots of people, mm-hmm. uh, everyone from Carly to Isaiah Bradley to, won't you just be carrying all of the worst of America if you mm-hmm. carry that? Um, so he, he's asking himself what it'll be if he takes the shield, if, it, if it'll be symbolizing... Uh, past failures of America, the current kind of nation building, or he it, can he still be an individual that carries this symbol? Mm-hmm. So uh, those are a lot of ideas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how do you think to you in your mind when you're just watching the show? How do you feel like Sam resolves that? All those questions get thrown up. That's you know, and sometimes just sometimes visually, sometimes explicitly as dialogue from the characters. Mm-hmm. What do you think the, the resolution from Sam's perspective is? How does he solve that dilemma? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a lot like you were just saying with the shield, that he ultimately, for him, it is the individual. He can control, he can control his individual actions and his interpretation of the symbol. Mm-hmm. And then he knows... Because it is a symbol that other people are going to see it as a symbol and not see him as an individual, but see him as this symbol of America. So, but he can't ultimately control what other people think. Right. And so the thing that he can do is control his actions and what he believes in is the right way to portray this symbol to be the, but more, more accurately to be this person. To not just be the caricature, but to be the individual. Right. And that is powerful that we see all these before John Walker has done anything to prove himself as Cap. He's got his service record, which mm-hmm. he doesn't seem particularly proud of. Right. Uh, but we've got all the promotion, right? Of Cap is back. Right. Right. Absolutely. So you've got the the shiny marketing, you've got the slogan, but you don't have the heart. Yeah. And I feel like for Sam, he's focusing on what can he do? What's the heart? And then the rest of it will come. And, you know, he knows that there's already, um, you know, obviously Cap was around before. <laughs> like There's already <laughs> a buildup of um, expectation and interpretation around that symbol. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I really agree with you. I think 
I really like the end, the last episode, and I know some people don't like the the scene where Sam uh, gives you know the speech, has the conversation mm. with the GRC and the senator and the in the powers that be. I think uh, for some people, they think it's a little it's a little too direct that Sam is actually kind of saying some of the things that he most cares about. Uh, that's a writing no no of like you don't have your main character go on television and say to the world the the primary themes of the show and I so I hear that uh criticism everybody's different I acknowledge it I love it mm-hmm. because I think in that presentation Sam is addressing definitely some of the big ideas of the show but I think one of the biggest ideas that he's addressing isn't something he verbally says it's his action of doing that because if the criticism has been if you take that shield you won't be an individual mm-hmm. you'll be a symbol And you'll be a symbol of a government that has demonstrably done some awful things, might be about to do even more awful things, and you'll just be a symbol of that. You Mm -hmm. won't be an individual. Mm -hmm. And I love that his actions in that final episode are, I'm going to stand up for what I believe in. I'm going to use this shield actively, primarily for defense. (laughs) Even when I'm hitting... uh, people with it it's usually just to kind of get them out of the way so it can go off and go rescue the next person mm-hmm. i'm going to rescue these people from the grc because i don't think that's the way to solve this but i'm not just gonna go hey suits hey powers that be hey senators uh i rescued you because that's my job as as the tool of of america mm-hmm. as you know just the person carrying the symbol like i rescued you and now I'm going to tell you on national television why I think you're wrong. Yeah. To me, that is the micro and the macro. It's how he answers that that question of how are you not just going to be a tool? He's like, well, I'm going to push back and I'm going to assert that I'm an individual with perspectives and opinions. And I am going to demand large institutional change. I'm going to save you from dying because that's the micro problem right now. <laughs> but the macro problem that Carly was trying to bring up is you're mm-hmm. about to do something that you should really question. Yeah. That, yep, it's a complicated problem, but marching troops to kick one group of people out of their homes so you can put a different people in their homes is not a solution. <laughs> that's not a good thing. And I don't think, and I'm going to say loud and proud on television, I don't think you should do that. Yeah. Like it's just a great answer to a question that comes up a lot. Like we talked about at the beginning of the podcast about how often superheroes are just tools of the status quo. Mm-hmm. And the heroes are doing or the villains are doing something bad, but this just this weight of this decades of storytelling where heroes are people who stop bad things from happening so everything can go on the way it was. And this is Sam just doing a cool flip on that of <laughs> I saved you because the status quo of of you being alive is worth defending, but then I'm really going to question the large, the institutional, the national, and I, I'm not just going to be, if I'm going to carry this exactly as you said, I'm going to carry this as an individual, and you're going to hear my voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I really, uh, big thing for me that that uh, that that speech is there, yeah, and that it is broadcast to everyone. Yeah, and I, I am I am not a writer, but I am with you that I I really like that speech, and I like that exactly. I mean, I'm just going to repeat what you said, but he, that he takes the time to share his opinions, that he had taken the time to talk to Carly, to find out what her goals were, 
and had been so clear that he agreed with many of her goals, not her methods, but her goals, but that, 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 that's his instinct as a human mm-hmm. and that he's taking that instinct now as Captain America. He's going to continue to share what he thinks and basically say, yes, this is a complicated problem. And aren't you lucky to be some of the people who get to make some of these decisions? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that- that's a gift. And also think about who else is there when you're making the decisions. I love that. But I feel like he's really highlighting a, a thing that um, that I think is really interesting when you're looking at these you know, big global problems in this universe that it's not it's not just like girl i have to solve these big problems but like no look you've got an opportunity to help figure out what happens next yeah and i love just all the layers of of honesty Mm -hmm. um you and i have talked that there's there's some uh television shows we watch that we like where every once in a while the character will say something that we really agree with Mm -hmm. but it hasn't been motivated by what's happening to the character yeah so it can sound a little flat Totally. It can sound like a press release. Mm-hmm. And I understand that some people felt that way about this scene. But it works so well for me because we'd just gone on this journey of Sam wrestling with all these things and deciding these things. So they felt real and personal to his lived experience that we just got to go through with him. Yeah. So it made it really powerful when he's like, I am not sitting here saying I have all the answers that everything's perfect. I know millions of people hate me for having this shield. Nothing's there's a lot of problems. All I'm saying is I'm going to try I'm going to try to keep fighting to make them better. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they aren't there or that there are easy solutions. I'm saying I am here to fight to try to make things better. Yeah. And that he makes a specific argument for basically empathy in government. Mhm. Right? Or empathy in in how we organize large structures as individuals and that great there's so many of us who have felt powerless for a long time. This mad god made everyone in the world feel powerless. So maybe we can have the empathy of knowing what that feels like is such a great, yeah. a great concrete statement too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a great line to call out. Yeah. And I also love the, if you look at the um, the contrast between this, which is, you know, his first introduction as Captain America and compare that with John Walker's uh, press release Mm-hmm. You know, publicity photo op as Captain America, where, you know, his job is to smile and wave. Yeah. Staged event at his uh, high school. Right. Yeah. Right. And I wasn't even thinking about the high school. I was thinking about the um, steps of the whatever right, the right, government right, building yeah, was. Yeah. But yeah, but both of those. And, you know, and, and not that that was John Walker's choice. He was doing what he was told. But I do. I just love that within this um, show that it also is such a, a great example of the different Captain America that Sam Wilson will be. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and so much, so many beats in that episode. They're so great. We're like, that's Captain America. It's like, <laughs> oh, so great. Um, the, another big idea that I wanted to talk about, you know, uh, just a fun thing to talk about uh, uh, as, a, as a couple every once in a while is does power corrupt? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it is Thursday. Is it Thursday? It is Yes. No, Wednesday. No, it's anyway, Thursday. It's a day, so it's time to talk about power. Okay, we must have uh, <laughs> we must have suddenly got a lot of power, and it's corrupting our ability to tell what day of the week it is. Uh, here are my thoughts on that one. Uh, so Zemo makes the argument specifically that anyone taking the super soldier serum will become corrupt. Uh, Lamar Hoskins uh, makes the argument that power just makes you more of the person you are. Uh, both Carly and John Walker 
when they have the power, do use the power violently and dangerously. And then uh, eventually, uh, Bucky, I guess, was made to use, he didn't have a choice. He was given the power and was made to use it in ways that he, you know, regrets and didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then eventually, Sam refuses to take it or doesn't refuse it. He's not offered, but he just says, I don't, if it was offered, I don't want it. Yeah. And there's a lot in his, like, I'm going to train and I'm going to make this work. I don't, no super soldier serum for me, just a person doing their best. Do you like Sam's decision not to take the super soldier serum? Yeah, I really do. Why, what works for it? What what works for you? Why does it, why does it speak to you? Uh, I mean, I think it just, it feels honest to who he is. And it feels honest to him saying, yes, I will take on the mantle of Captain America, but I am my own person. Mm-hmm. I am not the new Steve Rogers. Yeah. I am Sam Wilson, Captain America. And I feel like that goes along with with all that. I don't think it's at all about not trusting himself. I think it is about trusting himself, that he trusts himself that he doesn't need the serum to be Captain America. Yeah, that's very, very well said. Um, yeah, because I think there's that part of me, the little like sort of comic book nerd part of me, like, but Sam, you're you're a good person like Steve Rogers. It won't corrupt you. You are a steadfast character who finds a way to do things the right way and, and listens and wrestles and, and doesn't take drastic action without really checking yourself. You're great. It won't corrupt you. So get real strong. <laughs> you know, uh, I have I can have some of that nerd knee jerk reaction. And it was so great to be so pleasantly surprised by him just saying to Zemo, no, I won't take it. And then to have that followed up with uh, some of the things that he expresses. We Well, we get to see, but then he expresses them as well in uh, the the news coverage, that idea that I just want to do the work. Mm-hmm. And that idea that I think it, it goes along with sort of demystifying uh, the shield as a symbol, demystifying um, superpowered individuals of like, it's a real anybody can be a hero. Mm-hmm. Do the work. Yeah. You know, it, it, I love that he he really made that clear of like, I just want to do the work. I can be good enough. I don't need the serum mm-hmm. is really, really awesome. And I think it also just really reflects the argument that he is making about America that, yeah, by continuing to fight for it, I'm not some optimist, like silly optimist uh, with my head in the clouds. I am fully aware of how bad everything is. That's why I'm trying to have optimism and trying to make a difference because you can respond to everything being awful by going, nothing's ever going to change, or you can do the work and try to change it. And I kind of feel like that's his philosophical approach. And then that really... Uh, is married to his, I don't need this super soldier serum. I'll do the work. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Plus uh, he, you know, has wings. <laughs> plus, he, plus he has been an awesome superhero for years and years and years. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> I, I love the montage of him training yes. uh, with the shield and just yeah. uh, showing his mastery of it, I think is uh, is really great. Would you take the super soldier serum? Mm. No, I don't think so. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I mean, it would depend on the situation, but I, I don't, I don't foresee a lot of fighting in my future. Um, (laughs) and I don't know. I kind of like the, 
the example of Sam. So I'm going to say no. Sam is a is a really good example. And I think if somebody offered me the super soldier serum, I would try to be Sam Wilson. Mm-hmm. But I would probably fail. <laughs> <laughs> I just relate so much, I think, because I grew up you know, um, very scrawny and I'm still scrawny, uh, except for the parts of me that, uh, that are not because it's middle age and metabolism. Um, but I've never been physically strong and it. That was pointed out to me in myriad ways in my childhood. So I still really relate to Steve Rogers in the first Avenger. Where like, I want to make a difference. I want to stand up to bullies, mm-hmm. but I literally physically, I, I can, but I don't get anywhere, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, so I think I relate to that. So the super soldier serum in my mind is is framed from that way yeah. of it allowing you to achieve the good that you want to. Yeah. But this was this was so great. This is such a great example of a a superhero show helping me reframe something and going mm. how much of that. But how much of that is power fantasy? Mm-hmm. You know, if I took the super soldier serum, would I always use it well? Or would it be that I've got some baggage from feeling weak and want to prove myself and want to go out there and show how strong I am mm-hmm. and maybe step over the line? So is it maybe better to just get rid of the the power fantasy mm-hmm. and instead uh, have a fantasy that um, I've got an awesome outdoor uh, exercise space like Sam Wilson does yeah. <laughs> and work for it and yeah. do the work? Well, you would have enjoyed the GI shows that... Uh cap got to do <laughs> yeah that's true that's true yeah. i would have been very good at the gi shows yeah yeah just I'd think s- about the pratfalls oh yeah i mean if somebody still wanted to hire me to dress up as absolutely horrific captain america <laughs> uh, i don't think the suit would fit me well at all i would i would do some shows yeah yeah and i and i do want to clarify like thinking from steve rogers perspective is that i this is not a like why did he take it i i totally get that i'm just looking at it for myself from from the current end of Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, and I think that's a, a great po- thing to point out, too, is that this is, America is not a constant. It evolves, and the world is not a constant, and Steve Rogers wanting to join the fight against Nazis is a different reality than Sam going, we're all trying to figure out how to how to help each other. We're all trying to figure out how to have empathy, and I just want to be the, I don't want to go beat people up. I want to be the shield that stops people from hurting each other when I can. Yeah. That's such a different sort of frame of thinking about power too, Mm -hmm. because the needs evolve. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good point. Yeah. Um, All right. Let's move on to, uh, I believe the final theme I wanted to discuss. It's also, you know, uh, a little bit of a, uh, of a big one. Yeah. uh, And that is trauma. Um, Bucky's arc is really about uh, processing the horrible things that he was made to do as the winter soldier. Um, I really think the entire through line with the revelation of Isaiah uh, Bradley, the the black super soldier, uh, is really a discussion of the trauma of being black in America mm-hmm. um, and being treated extremely poorly in a myriad of ways. Uh, we also see Sam and his sister, Sarah, dealing with the post-blip racism in the bank mm-hmm. uh, and in other ways. Uh this idea that America would never let a black man be Captain America is, I think, in many ways, like the emotional catalyst of the whole show, right? Right. The, we, we see the scene of Sam looking at the shield and going, nope. You know, that's really like the beginning. So I think there's 
lots of different perspectives on trauma. Uh, but I think it's a, definitely a huge part of the, the show. To you, how, how, did, how do you feel like the show demonstrated coping with it and finding a way to move forward while still acknowledging and in no way downplaying the drama? Yeah, I mean, I thought it handled it really skillfully. And there's many traumas, as you mentioned, um, and as well as others that are included within the show. And I feel like um, the way that we see some of them continue to, we, I feel like some we see as kind of part of the backdrop. Some, like, for example, Bucky working through his trauma from... Uh, the killings that he was forced to do as the winter soldier and him trying to work through that. And also honestly, his, um, I don't know if trauma is the right word, but his, um, his feeling of unworthiness by Sam giving up the shield. Right. If, if Steve was wrong about you carrying the shield, then he was wrong about me being a good person. Yeah. Which to me is just an incredibly effective moment. Yeah. Really Um, powerful. Yeah. And so I feel like, and another moment that that elides quickly from great drama or great comedy to great drama. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Sorry. Totally. No, I 100% agree. And I got distracted thinking about the scene again. So <laughs> uh, thanks for the cover. Um, no, I just I feel like it handles the reality of the trauma. It shows people working through the trauma, to use the words of Sam, it shows people doing the work. Mm -hmm. I feel like it also ties back really, I mean, not even, it is flat out uh, talked about. It's not just me being like, look at this theme I found. But calling back to how we first meet Sam of trying to help other people deal with their trauma. Right. With the, the, you know, PTSD and trying to help vets. And so we, we see him as a person trying to help people do the work. We see him trying to do the work when he can. We see, um, you know, yeah, I kind of, sorry, lost my train of thought, but I feel like, <laughs> I feel like there's, but we also, I, one of the things that I like about it is that there's no sense of, I don't think there's a sense of like, there, we dealt with trauma and all the traumas that were here are all just like rapidly, uh, neatly wrapped up in a bow. Yeah. There are absolutely traumas that are continuing, whether of individuals or systemic that are that universe that's continuing right now while we're not watching it. They're still there. Yeah. But, but we got to watch some of the steps moving forward, processing, um, overcoming, working through, you know, whatever the, the the right word is for the situation, depending on who you're talking about. Yeah. No, I love what you're saying. I think it's so great that you bring up the fact that this is how we met Sam Wilson is him basically saying like, well, you know, I wasn't frozen in ice, but you're going through the same thing cap that a lot of us in the military go through of kind of a little bit what's going on in this blip thing of like, you're in a new world and it doesn't feel quite right. And you're trying to figure out how to move forward. Mm-hmm. You're so right that that's built into everything we've ever seen of Falcon uh, of Sam Wilson of how do you move forward? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like that the show demonstrates um, that uh, there are characters who can't get past their trauma. Like, you know, John Walker fails and every fail failure makes him behave worse. Yeah. We, yeah. we get the picture that Carly had a horrific childhood and found a, a little bit of of comfort in family during the blip. And then that was robbed for, from her. And, and she is 
she's you know this great story of like she has a really really valid point that almost all the other characters agree with and support uh but she's pursuing this in this way where she can't let go of the anger part of it Mm -hmm. uh sharon carter was treated incredibly poorly incredibly unfairly and she's not gonna give uh optimism another chance right she's gonna like the the world showed me that I have to be out for number one and I'm not going to question that, mm-hmm. you know? And then I would say even with like the Wakandans, this great mm. whole story is for, to me, like a, a, a solid example of like structural dealing with trauma. Like one of the few ways that we can is by accountability. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're like, look, um, Zemo killed our King. Uh, it is a personal injury to us who were trained to protect him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we we're going to deal with that in the way that <laughs> our society has prescribed. He must be put back in prison. Mm-hmm. That's the little bit of accountability that we can get. So it's like, uh, a, 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 to me, a demonstration of uh, we can't change what happened. Mm-hmm. We're not going to pretend it didn't happen. Right. But there is going to be accountability and change moving forward right and i feel like that's uh, you know going on with um with sam and, and for me it's it's the the all the triumphant stuff of that's captain america and him taking the shield like it's it's not naive optimism mm-hmm. it's so acknowledging everything all sorts of horrible things have happened and i'm fighting so that they don't in the now and they don't in the future and i have no blinders on that they're not happening right now Mm-hmm. Which is why I really like the ending with John Walker uh, b- officially becoming a U.S. agent and working for a very dubious person mm-hmm. uh, in Sharon Carter, seeming like she had her catharsis and being like, nope, I love that that final uh, sting with Sharon Carter uh, pans up. It's another great thing that invokes legacy, too, of like your family. Right, right. Including so Peggy much. Carter right. ha- have been steadfast heroes that also by the way america has treated incredibly poorly watch agent carter <laughs> it's on disney plus it's great uh and you know she could get off the sort of merry-go-round of anger mm-hmm. and she chooses not to and then it pans up to the flag yeah as if to really say like we just did a fist pumping triumphant sam wilson's finding a way to move forward but the the sharon carters and the john walkers are still there Mm-hmm. And Sam knows that. Yep. You know. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great, a great balance uh, for me. And I, and yeah, um, and I love the the museum scene. I think the museum scene is is really amazing. Yeah, at the end. Yeah. When yeah. Yeah, that like obviously, it, what the government did to Isaiah Bradley can't be undone, but the story can be told mm-hmm. in the hopes that there is an erasure of him, right. and in the hopes that. It can change. Right. You know? Yeah. No, I, that's beautiful. Uh, so those are uh, just a few of the big ideas. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll move on to some of the fun uh, fun stuff as we uh, as we head into the fun part of the podcast. Hopefully that part was fun, too. That was the fun. Themes. Can I throw out one other theme? Sure. Absolutely. Oh, please. I just, I, I apologize for not asking. No, no, that's just fine. And, and um, you, this has been covered a little bit. And I just want to say first that I'm very happy that you brought up so many of the other characters because I feel like I've been very uh, Sam and Bucky focused, but all of them are who make the show. But one of the other themes that I really appreciated throughout the show is the theme of friendship. Mm. 
Yeah, that, that's a pretty big one. <laughs> and not, I mean, I absolutely loved that with Sam and Bucky. But also, I mean, you see it with the Flag Smashers. With, um, you know, with Carly and the others, especially you see it more and more as their group dwindles and it's about the cause, but it's also about them having each other's backs. And, um, you know, when do you call on friends, you know, even to a certain, maybe it's not friendship, but it's, uh, respect with, um, you brought up the Wakandans, which is such a great point of them coming to Bucky. I mean, like, what did you do? Yeah. And also don't come back for a while. Yeah. And we we would be pissed if anybody did this. But remember how we saved you? Yeah. And exactly. generously gave you everything you needed? Yeah. And he's the one who framed you? Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. Saved you from being the winter soldier. Yeah. Got you started on this journey. Um, so I just, I really like the, it kind of shows different types of friendship and different ways of when you call on friends and um, I just I really love and the friendship between um, John Walker and Lamar. Um, Lamar Haskins. And I just I I love all the I feel like there's so many different versions of that that I feel like really strengthen the show. Thank you uh, for bringing that up, because I think you're really, really right. And it's one of the dynamics that that really affected me that I really enjoyed is there's the buddy comedy of. Sam and Bucky but there's also the actual them bonding and coming together mm-hmm. um, and the the compare and contrast between their relationship and John Walker and Lamar I just thought was so great of like John Walker clearly cared deeply for Lamar mm-hmm. um, but there was that tension of you know Lamar kind of saying things to him of like it comes off as a joke but the Oh, they didn't ask for my signature. I do a little Battlestar logo and everything. It's kind of it's kind of a joke, but it's also that reminder of like, John, you might think of us as partner, but partners, but no one else in the world is seeing it that way. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a hierarchy. There's a hierarchy, yeah. and it's Cap is back. It's not Cap and <laughs> Battlestar are here. You know, right. um, and this is a thing that I would be happy to have other insights if I'm seeing something wrong, because uh, this is. You know, there's the idea of uh, being an ally. Mm-hmm. I want to be an ally, but I, but I think that's not a word that you assign to yourself, <laughs> because it is by definition you are helping somebody else. So mm-hmm. I will let the person that I want to help tell me if I have succeeded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I won't decide that for myself. So that there's this idea of of ally being an ally mm-hmm. that I want to be real respectful and sensitive about. My interpretation was that there were great moments where. Uh, John Walker was just kind of raging, running forward, and Lamar was kind of going, what about this? What about that? I'm going to try to be with you, buddy. But really, uh, Lamar was doing a lot of work lifting up John Walker. Oh, Like a lot of emotional labor, right? Yes. And then it was kind of comedy, but they had, but Sam and Bucky kept having this, like, we're not partners. But there were all these moments where Bucky wanted to support Sam right he wanted to say I think Steve was right I think you're amazing and I'm not gonna run out in front of you and make decisions for you but I'm gonna literally in multiple scenes linger in the background in case you need me mm-hmm. and it's even like there's like a real you know a spotlight put on that beat where uh Carly tells Sam that she'll meet with him but to come alone mm-hmm. and and Bucky's just kind of back there just like 
I'm not doing a damn thing unless Sam asks for it. But I'm sure as hell not letting him go there alone. Right. And then I think there's plenty of debate about, like, you know, Sam was clearly cool with that because he didn't tell him to not come. Right. You know, but to me, it was just that that contrast of what their relationship was. Mm, that this, yeah. That Bucky had his own journey about his own trauma that Sam helps him with a lot by mm-hmm. saying, you are, you know, you're not making amends, you're avenging. You only know how to fight. So if you know how to resolve something with a fight, you're having fun doing that. But you got to do the... <laughs> The yeah, sad part the where yeah. you just, where it's just emotional and you just apologize and you, you can't make it, all you can do is apologize and, you know, tell people something they might need to hear that only you have. Right. Because um, so it's about them. It's not about you. It's about them. It's not about you. Uh, so Bucky's got his own journey, but so much of this show is so expertly structured to be a fun buddy comedy drama, but to refocus Sam. Mm-hmm. And there's, I think, some great stuff done with Bucky where his journey is, I believe in you. I I want you to take that shield. There's never even a, the tiniest inclination that Bucky wants the shield. Right. Right? Yeah. Uh, and I love that, that that's, it's the story of Bucky wanting Sam to em- embrace the shield. Yeah. And I think I love that you just use the word embrace because I feel like that's so clear that Bucky sometimes, you know, he says you did the wrong thing, but he wants he wants it to come from Sam. He wants Sam to choose to pick up the shield. Yeah. He doesn't want him to be told to do that. He wants to be there uh, you know, to have Sam say, "No, this is mine." Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, um uh, I'm always uh, I've been trying to read things and I'm always open to trying to hear and understand, but for me that felt like the intent of like here is a way to sometimes uh, be more supportive. Don't run out <laughs> in front of people and say things for them. Mm-hmm. Linger in the back and be there for them if you are asked to step up. Is like I just the physical manifestation of that in that one scene yeah. was powerful to me. Yeah, yeah. I also love, and then I will let us move on to the fun questions. The friendship that we get to see develop between Sam and Sarah, because yes. they're siblings. But, you know, at the beginning, you can tell they get along, but, you know, siblings can also be friends or not. And so I feel like you really get to see their friendship yeah, grow and, you know, in a different way during this time. Yeah. And it's, yeah, there's so much great stuff with Sarah. And I think she gives one of the key sort of thematic lines, too. When, when Sam's, like, pretty close to his decision of, like, I, I think I got to go for it. I think I got to tell me everything's been bad is just motivation to try to make it better but maybe maybe and she gives him that great line of like uh, uh, that is about the macro and the micro of like you went out there and you fought the big fight and then you keep coming back here and fighting the fight here and she's basically saying you fought for the shield and you fought for the boat you are being a a person of the world and you're being here in this intimate specific way for your family you're fighting both the fights mm-hmm. is such a great line from Sarah and such a like the validation that Sam needs to hear yeah. in that moment. Yeah. So good. All right. Not that that wasn't fun, <laughs> but more fun. Yeah. So, so many great comedy moments. Did you have some favorite comedy moments? Oh, yes. Um, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> um, gosh, 
Gosh, uh, yes, but if you want to start, my brain's going to whir for a second because it just went to all the really touching moments instead of all the comedy moments. Well, that, well then you're, you're prepped because I'm going to be asking about touching moments in just a <laughs> second. Uh, yeah, this, the other thing about this is like, yeah, balanced, uh, great superhero action, uh, super deep themes, comedy. And then this show is also just a gift machine. There's so many great <laughs> gifts that came out of this. Uh, but a couple of the, the comedy moments that I really liked, I really liked uh, Bucky trying to stop the cat's arm. Yeah. <laughs> From yeah. uh, from Wave Adam, there's this. There are so many moments that developed him as not just a brooding guy who went through something bad, but you just kind of found the personality like uh, he's like '40s music, and I don't even know what this world is. And it's like, oh God, everything's kind of like. There's a little bit of like he's he's he comes across as so like strong and vital. Mm-hmm. But there's a little bit of that sort of just grumpy old man of like totally. I don't know. I wish that cat's arm would stop moving. <laughs> uh, so I love that uh, one of my favorites is when Lamar Hoskins says his name is Battlestar and Bucky's just like stop the car <laughs> like, they're already fighting about much more important things but that's yeah. the line that can't be crossed it's like it's such a great joke that again comes from character because it's him being grumpy but it's also like I'm out here wrestling with the big ideas I'm out here wrestling with I think this is what the shield should mean and I think Sam should take it on and you're sitting here telling me your dumb superhero name you made up I'm out of here, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, um, Sam drinking the snake cocktail. That was just some great comedy <laughs> by Anthony Mackie of that. Mm, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to. Like, yeah. That was, that was so great. Uh, I, of course, have to mention Zemo's dancing. Yes. Uh, Z- Zemo was hilarious throughout while also holding all these deep meaning and the weight of the horrible crimes he had committed and, and his, uh, his perspective on all these big uh, themes. Um, if anybody is not familiar uh, Marvel did release an extended cut of him dancing that is absolutely delightful. So I loved his dancing and I loved his drinking during the John Walker fight against the Wakandans. Oh, right. I mean, I love everybody's. It's great when uh, when Bucky yells, uh, looking good, looking strong, John. <laughs> but just that like, it, I think what, they, what I loved about the Zemo comedy, again, is so character driven of he is not somebody with powers. He is somebody who who has knowledge mm-hmm. and looks around and moves moves chess pieces together. And the whole plot of Civil War is him doing this massive global moving of chess pieces. But then even in a fight, he's just like, I can win this without stressing mm-hmm. because I'm just going to move some chess pieces. It's not about punching for me. And they like, this fight is a good distraction at the right moment. I'll go into the bathroom and disappear. But for now, I'll just sip a whiskey and watch because mm. you, you all think this is about punching and it's not for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's so funny. Yeah. So great. Uh, last one for me, uh, the early great banter of, of Sam having this analysis of it's one of the big threes, androids, aliens, wizards, <laughs> and the, the back and forth, each line funnier than the next about the difference between a wizard and a sorcerer and uh, who read Tolkien when, and yes. who read the Hobbit when, uh, so damn funny. And again, makes sense for Sam Wilson's character of like, I I was a paratrooper in the normal military. And then I became friends with Captain America. And then I became a superhero. And then I fought aliens and androids and wizards. Uh, and that's, I'm, I'm, everybody knows me as I'm famous. People know me as the Avenger, the Falcon, but I'm also still just like a guy who's hung out with gods. Right. Like Thor, you know, like, right. Not put on a pedestal gods, like actual gods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, so it's, it, again, it's so honest from his perspective. Mm-hmm. 
So those are some of my favorite comedy lines, comedy moments. Did I take all of yours? You did take some of them, but that's okay because <laughs> they're wonderful. And there's there's just, there's so many. Um, well, and I'm not share. coming up with any good ones right now that you haven't already mentioned. I apologize. Well, I did not mean to take any. Oh, no, you're good. I asked you to. Okay. I, I do love the, the fight scene where they, um, Bucky is just like, good job. Keep it going. <laughs> Look strong, John. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about fight scenes then. Okay. Um, I really enjoyed the fight scenes because they did have that sort of a uh, movie level of uh, execution. But I also thought like a lot of the fights had like good solid meaning because we understood what the characters were personally fighting for and mm-hmm. sort of thematically what was at stake in, in the fight. Uh, so did you have any favorite action scenes or fight scenes? Um, the one we were just talking about with the Wakandans uh, attacking John Walker. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was in fact my favorite one yeah yeah is it is it partially just the wakandans kicking ass in yes. the contrast between the other people like i'm not we don't need to get involved it, in this it just is the wakandans um i mean come on that spear action that's just uh, i mean i love it yeah i'm here for it i can could watch that easily over and over again yeah and i really like that part of it is they our jurisdiction the dora malaja has uh, you know a jurisdiction where they find themselves Right. Which is another, you know, it, it's a great just badass, you know, it would be applause line in a in a movie theater. Mm-hmm. But it's another perspective on one world, one people of like, we respect borders up to a point, but <laughs> we're yeah. going to come get this guy. Yeah. You know, it, it is a real decision. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I also, the, the very beginning, that opening... Um, the helicopter. Oh yeah. Um, where they're yeah. in Tunisia and um, he's still Falcon then the Falcon and uh, you know, trying to get the person back from, uh, I'm now blanking on the, the, the bad guy's name. Uh, Batrock. Batrock. Um, I mean, I like a good, a good, interesting air fight. Yeah. And that was, I thought a fantastic air fight. Yeah, absolutely great. Uh, I also like uh, Sharon Walker taking out all of the various mercenaries <laughs> looking for Sam and Bucky and Zemo. Right. Uh, that was also another great, like, oh, well, it's some great just uh, martial arts, uh, but also really well uh, designed and shot to see her strategy mm-hmm. and to see her like, I'm going to, you know, use literal corners and angles to outsmart people and take this person's weapon from that <laughs> from them and throw it at this other person and yeah, yeah i love that it, there you that was the fight of somebody who ended up being the power broker not that we were at all surprised by that because that i think is one of the things that was pretty clear mm-hmm. that she was going to be the power broker but there was a lot so much strategy in her fighting it really yeah. supported that reveal a uh, couple other things for me i love that whole wakandan fight and i love the absolute pathetic horror of john walker saying they weren't even super soldiers <laughs> it's like it's so awful in yeah. in a good way um last thing for me is i just i love all of sam's actions in that final episode when he is captain america oh yeah he's decided what the shield means there's all this you know big stuff but it's also like literally physically he is using it for defense a bunch like mm-hmm. he's he's trying to take out uh, not even take out he's trying to deal with batrock and then when there's a more important problem, he uses his shield to, you know, knock him over and leave. Right. You know, and then that literal moment where the helicopter is falling towards the bridge and he uses both the wings and the shield as, you know, a shield. 
yeah. literally and skips the, the helicopter off of himself. And then that final fight with Carly where he doesn't want to fight and he's truly using the shield as a shield of like, you want to fight. I don't. So I'm going to try to keep this shield up and let you hit it. And hopefully we can talk. Yeah. It, it's fun action. It's great action. It is definitely, this is a superhero uh, show and this is our final you know, piece and we need it to be blockbuster, but it is so thematically pure in its blockbusterness yeah. that he intends to use that shield. Uh, my Star Wars <laughs> obsession, like a Jedi, it is for <laughs> primarily defense, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, no, I, I cannot, uh, I must, I must agree on both <laughs> the big, the big final, big, uh, in the big picture battle, and then also specifically with Carly. And also, I do like the redeeming moment of John Walker, uh, realizing that he can try to pull the, um, the armored vehicle right back. He can keep attacking Carly or he can try to actually save people, yeah. which is, you know, what he should have been doing. Yeah. And I feel like the entire time. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I that like it a is... good little bit of at least a, an ounce of redemption in there. Yes. And I think an ounce is right yes. for myself. I think oh, it is totally. like, OK, in that one moment, you did the obviously better thing that you should obviously do, which is still good. It's always you can always take a step back. <laughs> right. And anytime you do the right thing, that's great. But yeah, it's not full uh, accountability oh, for his actions. Yes. Let me be very, very clear. I do not think he is redeemed. In any way, shape, or right. form. I just, I enjoyed seeing that moment of him hesitating, kind of looking around, realizing the example that has been set for him by Sam and Bucky, and going like, okay, I can do the right thing this time. Yeah. Yeah. For these five minutes. Yeah, exactly. Or 30 seconds or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's move on then to touching moments. You said you thought of some touching moments, so lay them on me. Yeah, so we talked about one of them already, but the scene with the therapist with um, Sam and Bucky, which is, you know, like you said, already full of great comedy. But then when Bucky is, says the line about a feud, you know, if Cap believed in you and if he's wrong about you, maybe he's wrong about me. And mm-hmm. I just, I love the emotional rawness of that. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely a top one for me. Also, after the big speech, um, I I really liked when Bucky called him Cap. Yeah. And I liked that it was this fun. He made the kind of joke of like, I was only half listening. I was texting. Right. But then follows <laughs> it up with that incredibly sincere, good job, Cap. I love the fact that it, it isn't, he turns to him, he's like, look at you. You're Captain America. Like other people have done that. Their relationship is for him to make it as casual as possible. Mm-hmm. Not only are you Captain America, you know, full full name, probably going to be on posters, uh, probably going to be merch. You're the colloquial down-to-earth cap. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. in the fact that he calls him that. The other moment I really love is there's that great, you know, hero moment where, uh, where Captain America uh, catches the truck. In, mm, or, mm-hmm. or the jeep and pushes it back up and you know this is the ultimate moment of, of saving the grc people and there's a quick shot of bucky looking up and smiling like a kid <laughs> like yeah there's sam's doing it he's being captain america yeah and he looks so happy it's so great mm-hmm. um we, we talked about it already, already but um isaiah bradley in the museum is obviously touching yeah uh man do i love just all the realistic kid beats with right? uh sarah's children I oh, love yeah. then when they're playing with the shield. I love when uh, Bucky shows up and they're pretending to punch him. 
<laughs> and he's, you know, playing along. And then I love to death that shot where Bucky's clearly just telling some story and letting the kids hang off his arm. Mm-hmm. Oh. Right? Yeah. Like, it just makes you want to be there and hanging out with those people at that party. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah that, that sense of community is palpable. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. I also really liked... Um, um, Carly's speech at the memorial for um the person they were looking for, who's no, Donya Donya, I think Donna I Nonya. I, I can't remember. Yes. I, I apologize. I did not write that one down. Yes, and I do not remember either. But I, I feel like it. I I like those moments that give it an insight into the humanity. I feel like you really get that there with all the people there and with what she's saying about. Um, what that experience was. Right, that she had community and yeah. she lost it. And it got it's taken, away, taken from away from her. Forced yeah. away from her. Yeah, yeah. Was there anything that you disliked or questioned or wrestled with? Um, Honestly, there should be. <laughs> but not that I can think of right now. Yeah, I think th- this is not a dislike for me. It's a It's a wrestle with as we go into this brave new era of what is a movie? What is a television show? What is a limited event television show? What is the first season of a multi-season television show? <laughs> uh, things are changing so much. This was fascinating to me that it was it was much more than you could ever fit in a movie. It was really complex. It had a lot of moving parts, but it was very much structured like a, a film. Mm-hmm. It had a first act, a second act. The fifth episode was very much the traditional second act into third act uh, where where people kind of wrestled with things, had a calmer moment, had their epiphany that launched them into the big final act. It was very uh, three-act structure. Um, and there were even a couple moments that... So you and I watched it week to week. Mm-hmm. And then to prepare for this, over the course of a couple of nights, we watched it all in a row. Mm-hmm. And that was great to clarify a lot of little things that it was that are easy to forget week to week. Yeah. And like one of them is there's that joke about some people think Captain America is living on the moon. That that's where Steve Rogers <laughs> went, which is in the first episode. Yeah. And then when when Sam shows up and and he's like, I'm Captain America. And there's that guy who goes, I thought he was on the moon. Like right. if you're just watching week to week. It that maybe you remember that, but that's a hell of a callback from six weeks later. Right. But in a movie that would track, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, the thing that you heard, you know, two hours earlier is a callback joke to that. Like, yeah. So there, it was really, I didn't dislike it anyway. I just find it fascinating as we discover what, what is a movie? What is a television show in this day and age where they're going to be blurring more and more that this felt like a hybrid of this was kind of structured like a six hour movie and even had some sort of callbacks that felt more movie like than episodic television. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I think it very much felt like a six hour movie. In a good way. Yeah. It was a great six-hour movie. It was. Enjoyed it. I'm going to watch it again. Uh, any other characters or moments that you wanted to highlight or touch on? Um, I think I'm good for right now. Okay. <laughs> uh, the only other thing that I wanted to um, to mention is the continuing mission, I think, from the MCU to say, screw it. Uh, characters are going to look like they do in the comics for the most part. We're not <laughs> going to be ashamed of anything. We got Scarlet Witch, full Scarlet Witch, and... Uh, Baron Zemo, or he was Zemo, and he was a guy. But he's Baron Zemo now, and mm-hmm. he's got a weird purple mask. Deal with it. Mm-hmm. And waiting to see what uh what 
this version of the Captain America outfit is going to be, it's very, very similar to what it's been in the comic books. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that's been great for me as a comic book fan to just have the MCU just go, no, we're, we're not going to be shy about the aesthetic. We're going, we're going all in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm so fascinated by who did make the design decisions for Captain America's uh, outfit. Because oh. Bucky asked the favor for the Wakandans to make it. Right. So is like Bucky on the phone with Shuri <laughs> or with somebody else going, I think let's emphasize these colors. Like, Right. And are we going to get that as a deleted scene? <laughs> the design discussion. I would love that. Uh, all right. Uh, uh, any other any other thoughts before we wrap up? I'm good. Excellent. Well, then, could I ask you to make a noise to sum up your interest in The Falcon and The Winter Soldier? <laughs> I'm doing the Zemo dance. <laughs> that was very good Zemo music. <laughs> I think it was more just bass heavy than I was doing. Got it. I was maybe accidentally doing a poke or something. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm sure Zemo can dance to that, and I think Bucky would enjoy it. <laughs> uh, let's rate our uh, obsession level on a scale of 1 to 10. Uh, obviously, this is not a lifelong obsession because it's a new show we just watched. Yeah. But on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the lowest, uh, 10 being the highest, what are you feeling now? What were you feeling as as we were watching it week to week? Uh, I'm going to put myself pretty high. I'm going to say an eight. Yeah, that's that's really high for you. Yeah. Uh, whenever we we rate things, you you tend to to uh, go a little bit lower or hedge with a half. I do. <laughs> I I considered a half for this one, but I'm gonna I'm gonna round up and go to the full eight uh, because I know that for the next three days I'm gonna be like, oh, I want to talk about that. Oh, <laughs> oh, actually. I'll let you rate yourself, but I do have one other thing I want to talk about. Okay, well, I'm I'm an eight as well, so that's it. Uh, and I don't even need to say why, because I've been talking for a long time. What else did you want to... I wanted to say how much I enjoyed the music in this one. Yeah. Um, and in particular, just some of the themes from the movies that are called in at really specific themes, and very specifically, the um, what turns into a fight. They don't want it to be a fight with... Um, Bucky and Sam trying to get the shield from John Walker after right. he has uh, killed the Flag Smasher with the shield uh, because you have those great uh, thematic things that, uh, that to me, in my mind, I, I think of them as from Civil War. I don't recall if they were yeah. from earlier movies as well, but just the real, like, it's that feeling of, to me, because of that association, and I, I know it appears you know in later movies as well, but I first remember it from Civil War of that, you're fighting people you don't want to fight, but you have to. Mm. And it's just such, such emotional weight. Like I can feel it. My hands are gesticulating right now <laughs> very wildly, but like you can just feel it. It It's dragging you down that you have, like it's like you're fighting with weights on because you don't want to be doing this. And I just, I feel like it was tied, pulled out in exactly the right moments. And I just really want to well, give a shout out to that. Well said. I think there is so much that the music does a great job of playing with the idea of legacy in these haunting little notes. I don't I don't have the tracks memorized, but but it, it was like, I know that from other Captain America movies. And you're so right. That fight is so great. And it, I wouldn't have thought to connect it to Civil War, but that's spot on of the like, this is horrible. What You can't have that. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't let the shield mean what you just did. Yeah. We got to take that from you is, you know. 
is powerful and it's a it's a brutal fight mm-hmm. that you know fits those themes. Um, all right, uh, we're gonna move on to plugs. Okay. Plugs. We're not gonna talk about the themes of plugs. We're just gonna plug <laughs> things. You are on Instagram, right? That's where you want to be found. I, yeah, it's a it's a place you can find me sometimes. I'm at Scrim Street. Anything else that you want to plug? Uh, no, that's really the main place I am okay, these days. Okay, great. Uh, so here's some quick plugs uh, for this very show. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook is at Obsessed Podcast. You can also check out the Star Wars podcast I co-host. That is called Force Center. For info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com. I have not changed that phrase, upcoming shows, throughout the pandemic, because <laughs> shows will be upcoming. Uh, you can also support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. Full info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. I've also been advertising or, or promoting if you have HBO Max and you want to check out a weird fantasy comedy show. Uh, the show I worked on, Tigtone, as a writer, is got both of its current seasons up on HBO Max, so go check those out. And then the final thing that I want to plug is something that I've been doing. There's a uh, an organization, a mission, uh, called Vote Forward uh, that sends letters to people that you print out, basically kind of a, a form letter, but then you write in something personal about why you vote. It is nonpartisan, and it is uh, designed to just try to get people to go out and vote uh, to use the power that they have. Uh, Vote Forward started as something that was being done uh, for, you know, the big elections that happen every four years, every two years. And now they're really on a mission to figure out how much can we make this work because they have data that that they track that shows how much this is making a difference. And it is a great reminder that there are elections happening all the time, right? There's local Mm -hmm. ones, there's special elections, and they can kind of fly under the radar, but then they add up and they become really, really important. Um, And right now Vote Forward is doing like every time, like there'll maybe be a week where it's quiet, but then like we got another special election coming up. Let's go. Uh, So I've been writing letters. I'm going to write more tomorrow. If you want to check it out, uh, you can go to their website. It's votefwd.org. Check it out. See if it is for you. We're going to move on to our final questions. Uh, Are you ready? I am ready. If you could fly like the new Captain America... How would you use that power of flight? <laughs> um, well, I want to say for fun. <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I would if I could could do some good, I feel like that would be important too. But uh, gosh, that sounds like fun. Looks like fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would uh, just go, go out to the ocean. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, kind of what I was thinking. And, you know, kind of steers himself by dipping down into the water. And Oh, yeah. You know. Ah, ah, okay. And if you had a super strong vibranium arm, what would you use that for? <laughs> uh, I mean, Bucky gave us some pretty good examples. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could go to a place where children needed to be entertained and let them just hang off of your arm. For children's birthday parties. I feel like, I mean, how fun. Yeah. Uh, you don't have a princess birthday. You've got a vibranium arm birthday. Um, so that would be pretty fun. I feel like a, I feel like a vibranium arm. I would feel more like I would need to do some good uh, with that. Not that I wouldn't need to with flying, but flying just sounds so fun to go fly over yeah. the water. But with a vibranium arm, you know, like help some people with their heavy groceries. <laughs> yeah things like that i think i would start a moving company since we did get to see him <laughs> just pick up some heavy things when he's helping with the boat i would just i would start a company called grumpy's moving <laughs> and i'd be like i'm, I'm kind of grumpy but i'll help you move nice very nice <laughs> uh final question for everyone on the podcast what is happiness happiness is finding friendship 
Mm, that is a great answer. I hope everyone has some friendship in their life as they're listening to this podcast. Thank you so much for joining us as we really got obsessive over The Falcon and The Winter Soldier. That is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. All right, so whenever we discuss an MCU show, our little tag at the end is like our post-credit scene teasing our next adventure. What is our next adventure? Yeah, we're going to, um, we're going to, I'm going to, um, I don't, why do I always go to shawarma? Because <laughs> it's delightful. <laughs>